Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hi, everyone, and welcome to an episode with Phoenix Business Radio X. I get to be your guest host today, Kendra Maples. Um, normally, I'm, a, I'm behind the mic for a different show that's po- focused all around company culture. Today, I get to be behind the mic to focus more on some of our local businesses. I have two amazing gentlemen in the studio with me today that I'm excited to get to know a little better. Um, we have Mark Breyer from Husband and Wife Law Team. Welcome. Thank you. And we have uh, Brett Gilliland from Elite Entrepreneurs, LLC. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. I am really excited to have both of you. I've heard both of the names of your companies, but haven't really been able to dig deep into what you do, how you do it, why you do it. Mark, I've seen you on some billboards. Yeah, my <laughs> wife makes us do that. <laughs> and Brett, I have recently heard about your company and what you do with elite entrepreneurs. I'm surprised I don't know more about it. So that's why I'm really excited to have both of you in here in the studio, kind of having like a coffee chat so we get to learn more. So how I want to start is having each of you kind of tell us a little bit about you, your business, how you got started. I want you to not have to do a 20-second elevator pitch, right? I really want to know you and your business and what are you doing? And Mark, with you, like, tell us about you and your wife and and what you're doing. And then we'll obviously hear about the connection between both of you. But I really want to hear about where it came from and not just the, hey, we're in an elevator and you have 30 seconds to tell me. You don't have 30 seconds. We have way more than that. So, um, Mark, I'm going to start with you. Tell us about you, your business, how it started with you and your wife, and what you guys have going on. Well, my wife and I, Alexis, you know, we were looking for a unique business. And so we thought, no one's done personal injury law. Let's try that. Uh, <laughs> that will really stick out. My wife was a paralegal, worked, or worked through college in personal injury. So that was a natural fit. I knew I wanted to be a trial lawyer. And if you actually want to go to trial, that's the way to do it. Although I did tell her repeatedly uh, in law school. First, I told her repeatedly, in law, repeatedly she would never be my girlfriend. Did not work out exactly that way. We got married two weeks after graduation. And then I also told her that we would never work together because I knew I wanted to start a business mm-hmm. and it was going to be my business. Yeah, I was going to grow a business. I was entrepreneurial minded from the mm-hmm. time I was young. I could do this alone. Um and then, you know, fast forward and not too long after we started practicing law, I was begging her to work with me and start the practice together. And so we, we got going and this was now 27 plus years ago, wow. we started the practice and it worked out. It was very easy for a long time in that what she is, she is the best negotiator I have ever met. I know I'm biased, mm-hmm. uh, but if you do what we do, the ability to negotiate is a critical component, maybe arguably the most important, but, but certainly critical. She is the best I have ever seen. I think she's the best anyone has ever seen. And I know I have that bias, but I have—I won't bore you with all the reasons why I believe that. But I, not at all interested in negotiating, and I love going to trial. And so mm-hmm. we, we kind of had interests. She probably has the skill to do anything she wants. My skills are more limited, and trial was better suited for me. But for a long time, what she was good at and liked doing and what I liked doing work perfectly. And so mm-hmm. our widget is personal injury law. So God forbid someone gets hurt and they need a lawyer and they need someone to help them out because they want to make sure their rights are protected and, and bills are covered and everything else that goes with it. They may reach out to us. That's our widget, right? Every, okay. like any other business, that's our, that's our widget. And so that's how we got, that's how we got going and grew for a long time being the best lawyers we could be. The business of law was really secondary. It, it okay. was there as it had to be done, but really, we were two lawyers trying to be the best lawyers we could be for our clients. I love that you state the widget. <laughs> here's the thing, right? And then here's where we come into play to personalize it and make it real and make it authentic. I think it's hilarious that you <laughs> went through those phases of we're not going to date, we're not going to do this this business together because. Now it's marked on a billboard. <laughs> That's exactly right. And 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 she, it, it will not surprise you that she, from time to time, like daily, reminds me 
of the fact that I told her she would never be my girlfriend and we'd never work together. And now it's marked out there for oh everyone. Oh my good. Now you can't go anywhere in the state without seeing us in some picture together or an ad together as the husband and wife law team. So yeah, yeah. It's, it is very interesting how how life unfolds. Yeah, it's funny. I uh, was driving by one of your billboards a week or so ago and my stepdaughter, you know, we were talking about, she always asks about the things I do and company culture and stuff like that. And she's looking at the billboard and she goes, I wonder what their company culture is like because they're married. I bet it's the same, right? You've got to be able to work and communicate and build your relationship. And then she goes, yeah, but it's not like you can leave your work. <laughs> it's very different. She's like, what happens with, if they if they don't want to do that? I'm like, well, they have to go through a lot of rebranding then. <laughs> right. Well, well that's <laughs> already planned out, right? I'm sure Alexis has plan B for me. You know, it's just uh, some some new picture. It is... Um, the, the reality is, it's it's a great question. And by the way, you should bring her by so we can show her our culture because it is our secret sauce, and Ooh, we won't get I into it today. To but the, but when when COVID hit, because it is truly the glue that that binds who we are, why we've grown, why we do what we do. Yeah. But it's interesting when you're married because imagine it for all the people who come on board. They're not, you know, it's very, you know, theoretically, if you look at, if you look at the org chart, it says I'm CEO and she's COO because she's much better at the COO part. And I am more visionary if we're going to use those words, but Mm -hmm. here's the truth. You can throw that part of the org chart away. The reality is there are two owners that started it together and live it and breathe it. Mm -hmm. And that creates different challenges. So if you're working there, you have to feel the love and support from both people. It's not just one. And, And, and so it, it creates some unique issues. Now, it also creates amazing opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can have the support and feel like it, uh, family is a very overused term in business and sports and everywhere. Mm-hmm. People say, you know, people will tell you by the end of one meeting, you're, you're like family. No, we're not like family. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, we, we've connected, but there's much more to family than that. But there are some real amazing opportunities because mm-hmm. it's a husband and wife. It, if, if those people in any family business, if they truly live it. Of course, mm-hmm. we all know of people who've worked in family businesses and it's the opposite. It's a it's a terrible culture and a terrible situation because they bring all of that, that yeah. drama and those those family issues and they bring them to work and it's not a professional, loving, supportive place. Mm-hmm. So which was a really long way to say bring her by. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come too and I'll bring her. Brett, I want to jump over to you. I want to hear about you, your business, and then at some point we're gonna we're going to hear the connecting piece, right, between the two of you as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I grew up here in the Valley in Glendale on the West side. I live in Gilbert now on the East side. So I have a little bit of sense for what it's like to live on both sides of, of the great Phoenix area here. I'm just going to go right to where my business was born. Elite Entrepreneurs was actually born inside of a software company here that you would be familiar with. Okay. It's called Keep Now, but it used yes. to be called Infusionsoft. Yes. And I was an early team member there. Kendra, you and I could geek out for a long time on culture. I'm like the culture guy. And I helped to create the hiring and onboarding processes and and facilitate the strategic planning process there and set up the organization effectiveness there at Keep. I'm going to use the word keep, even though the whole t- I spent 10 years there and it was Infusionsoft at the time. So I'll try to say keep because that's their branding now. But I spent 10 years working there uh, really closely with Clayt Mask, who's the CEO over there. He, I was his right-hand guy. And I don't want to overstate my involvement there, but we collectively built a, a great business there that was an award-winning company as far as culture goes. You know, those Inc. 500, Inc. 5000 lists, we were on those things for seven years in a row. Like it was fast moving. Yeah. Great team, great environment. And I had the privilege of helping to to grow that from seven figures to a hundred million. Like that was a big, fast moving thing that we did. So during that time, we had we had about at the time that I'm referencing, we had about thirty thousand users of our software. These are small businesses who are trying to automate their sales and marketing growth. In fact, the Briars were in that in that group. And we had customers like the Briars saying, hey, we can see that you have amazing people. We can see that there's something different about how you've built this this company. The culture's strong. Uh, some would say, you know, they would come in and say, there's just this vibe here. They, they wouldn't know how to put words to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know exactly why. And, and 
anyway, they started to ask us to teach them how to do this company building work. And so in December of 2011, we put on our first little two-day, two-and-a-half-day intensive. We called it Elite Forum. And we taught the, the company building work that you have to do. If you're a seven-figure business trying to grow to 10 million and beyond, we had done that well. And we just put together the, the playbook, if you will, of how we did that. And did some show and tell around that. A pretty intensive version of that for two and a half days. Anyway, that, w- that was well received. Uh, the next year we did it again. And there was just more appetite for it. So by 2013, we were doing it every single quarter. We were teaching another cohort of business owners how to do this seven-figure scaling journey. And then in 2018, February of 2018, we spun that business out. So I, I, I bought the business, Elite Entrepreneurs. I bought that from Keep, and it's been on its own now for the last five and a half years. But we continue to teach seven-figure business owners how to overcome the challenges that invariably come as their business starts to grow. They get to a certain point where they have to make a transition, and this will be familiar for you, and it'll be for familiar for any business owner listening. There's a point in a business's growth where the widget maker, the mm-hmm. personal injury law firm, or you know the software company, or the construction company, or the marketing agency, you name it, but that, that business owner founder that scrappy, gritty entrepreneur can no longer sort of will this thing forward. They can't just throw it on their back and make it all happen. Mm -hmm. So the team starts to grow. The complexity of their business starts to increase. And they, they typically hit a ceiling somewhere between one and three million because they just can't outgrow what they can produce by themselves or what they can produce as a husband and wife team in the Breyers case. Yeah. And so in order to scale past that point, they have to move from very capable, figure it out doer to now confident business building leader. There's, there's a shift there. And if they don't do it, they get stuck. And so we, we help people who start to have that success. They get to a million. By the way, we call it elite entrepreneurs, not after us, but after the people who've done this, yeah. who get their business to a million. It's about 97% of businesses that never make it to a million in revenue. So of all the businesses that ever start in the U.S., only about 3% make it to a million in revenue. That's why they're elite. And now they've got these new challenges. We're all saying, yay, you did it. And they're saying, this is heavy. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know how to do this. I've never done this before. And so then we help them learn how to scale their business from there. So, in fact, that's how we met. Okay. Uh, Mark and I met. So I don't know if this is a good transition Go point, but that's where we, that's, that's our background. That's what we do at Elite. Cool. I, I appreciate kind of the, the history line. I know some folks from Infusionsoft, now Keep. And so that very much is, I feel like a company that's rooted here in Arizona. It comes up a lot. And so to hear the story of how it came from that, pulled it out and then starting a business, that in itself is, that's, entrepreneurship, right? You start this piece, it's part of bigger picture, and then you really see the meat and how it can grow bigger and grow beyond. So I'm really excited for the growth that you have and the growth that you are helping other companies with as well. So now let's jump into, yes, I want to hear about the connection and how the buyers ended up involved in all of this too. Yeah. Okay. So Mark was one of those companies, Mark and Alexis actually came together to our uh, elite forum is what it was called then. We call it Elite Ignition now. Uh, yeah, it's got, it's got an upgrade. You know, he, he's on billboards. I changed a word. You know? Hey, it's still. Uh, anyway. Same power. Power it's of the, language. It's yes. the getting started. It's like, how do I get started on this scaling journey? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Mark and Alexis came to our intensive and, and learned how to, w- let's start with the foundation. He learned the foundation The number one responsibility of every leader, this is a Jim Collins thing, the number one responsibility of every great leader is to set the vision. Mm -hmm. And so that's the foundation we start with. And vision is all about three distinct components. It's purpose, values, and mission. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're not advocates of creating some big lofty vision statement that nobody ever knows what to do with. 
We're talking about getting real clarity around purpose, values, and mission. In fact, I almost jumped in when Mark was talking about family, you know, that idea of we're family around here. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really just because we don't have better language to describe the shared identity, excuse me, the shared identity that we want to create in a business. A really strong culture in a business is about shared identity. Mm-hmm. And that, that shared identity is born out of purpose and values. And so we start at that place. We want to help all these business owners get really clear on their vision. And uh, that's, that's where my first memories are of working with Mark is getting clear on that. It is amazing for me to put it just through my eyes. And I know you can't look at life through a straw and this is just one family's journey with Alexis and me. But at the time we met or first bumped into Elite, here's where we were. We had been growing our business for 20 years. Mm-hmm. We had had ups and downs, but we pretty much thought we knew what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we had grown in a lot of ways and we could show a lot of success and, and we felt really good about it. But we were frustrated because we couldn't, we were having trouble taking that next step, mm-hmm. but we couldn't see why. In fact, in effect, even though we knew the answer was not run faster, <laughs> That's what we tried to do, yeah. right? So, so we knew it, right? We had long since passed the time of the idea of work on your business, not in your business. We were 15 years past that e-myth concept, which is a great concept, but it wasn't like we were oblivious to the point that there was something we had to change. Yeah. We just didn't see what it was. And so when we first got introduced to some of the concepts, in fact, I don't know if you've heard the, the old phrase, there's no zealot like the convert. When I was first introduced to this, I had a lot of pushback to the values thing. Because to me, values were what banks would do, big banks would do to put on their wall and pretend (laughs) like they did something. They weren't real, right? Mm -hmm. Real is getting down in there and caring about your people and caring about your your customers or clients. That's real. Values on a wall just felt meaningless. And yet it's it's a core piece of, of what we were introduced to with Elite. The impact on our business, first of all, let me just say this, 20 years of working, fighting, growing our business, and in the whatever it is, seven years since we have been learning through Elite, and we have quintupled our business. That correlation is not coincidence, right? When you start being introduced to these ideas of art, you need to get your values down. And in our case, we didn't make up our values. We went to our team. It was one of my greatest Whenever I retire, I may never retire, but whatever happens, at some point, I think whenever I'm done working, it will be one of my favorite days ever was the day I went to our team and I said, guys, this is what values are. Here are some other companies' values. Who are we? Mm-hmm. And I turned my back to my team with a whiteboard because I was supposed to write, even though my writing's horrible, so I don't know how I got chose for that. But anyway, <laughs> hearing who our team thought we were, we came as a group. There was there, there were debates. It was it was super intense. It was a lot of fun. But hearing, wow, this is who the people who work here think we are. We're doing something right. Mm-hmm. But we have to. It can't just be these things out out in the sky that they tell their friends. Who are we at our core? Mm-hmm. Anyway, those were part of the steps. But I, you know, I don't want to to say magic is too strong. I don't mean it that way. It's been a lot of hard work and a lot of pain and a lot of fighting through it. But when you start implementing these things from people who did it before you mm-hmm. and, and the impact on your culture and the, you know, when, you know, during the great, whatever it was called, when, when everyone was leaving during COVID and you couldn't hire. The great a, resignation. The great resignation. Yeah. And yet, and in our world, it was, it was massive as, as it was in many industries. Mm-hmm. And yet we had no trouble recruiting because the people on our team have told other people. And so while others were begging and trying to find experienced people to fill some of the roles and we didn't have that problem. And so it's funny because you do all these things for culture, not because you think one day it'll be impossible in the job market to hire. Mm -hmm. And yet when that came, we didn't have those issues. So, so many great things come from, and it's funny because you're, you're, you love business culture and Brett is my grand pooba business culture of anyone (laughs) I've ever met. And, and, and of course, elite is about much more than just culture. There are so many factors, but it's just so interesting for me to look back at all those years that we struggled. And if we would have known about this step Mm -hmm. and been able to jump into this sooner, the amount of pain that once have happened, the leadership lessons that we've learned, you know, if you, in fact, this happened in our very first time we met Brett and he had a whole team there and they said, how, how are, how are the leaders outside of you and Alexis? And we're like, oh, they're great. Is there anything you need from your leaders that you're not getting? No, 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 nothing. It, they're, they're amazing. 
we didn't even know what questions we should be asking of our leaders. Really what we had at the time were a lot of hardworking, caring, smart people who did what we told them to do. We didn't empower them. Mm -hmm. Uh, We didn't ask for their creativity. We, We just didn't know. And so there were so many moments of, oh, I didn't even realize I wasn't asking that question. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so anyway, and, and this is my last aside on this. In Elite, it's been interesting to have confirmed what I would have said even seven years ago, which is small business has so much in common with small business. And it doesn't matter whether it's a restaurant or a law firm or a doctor's office or, I mean, you can name the truth is small business is small business and 80% of what we're talking about in the room. And I've been in the room with all sorts of SaaS businesses and I've been in the, you know, but in the end, we're dealing with those same issues. How are we mm-hmm. doing on leadership? How are we doing on culture? What are we doing to set missions that actually matter? Are we setting out the, the metrics in a way that will work and help us grow and all the other things that I won't try to pretend that I know as well as <laughs> elite does. But yeah, that it, it was, it was just plain luck. We were in a group that introduced us to elite and it's impacted everything about our company and because we're married, therefore our life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for you, it was, you say it's luck. That's really the meat of what we do in this studio. We don't want it to just be luck. We want to be able to take these amazing companies, like the companies that the two of you have, and talk about it and showcase and put it out there in the community so that other businesses can listen and go, oh, I'm in the same position as Mark. I need Brett too, right? So it's not just luck because we want to make sure we can connect those pieces in the community so that they can grow. And then to your point, right, provide you the knowledge and the tools that is very similar to a small, you know, restaurant or, you know, a a smaller entrepreneur company that's growing to your size that's growing. There are those fundamental pieces, Brett, like you said, that you have to work on and start with. And the fact that you brought your team in to talk about values, that is that is at the core. That's where it starts. And Mark, you said, well, we didn't know. That's the catch in a lot of this is businesses are doing what they think they need to do. They think they need to work 100 hours a week. They think they need to do all the things. They think that, you know, that term, no pain, no gain. Like that, that's not real, <laughs> right? The real piece is building the team authentically, building the team where you can bring in their feedback, hear from them instead of like you were talking about in the beginning, these banks, right? You have some words on the wall. The bank is saying, you know, hey, you do this. Well, no, it's what do we do? What are our goals? What are our visions? And and Brett, for you, having that be a core piece that you help companies work on, I'll be intrigued to dive into that a little bit more too. I have a question in all of this. Mark, you said how business owners, small business is small business. We all have the same problems, right? So Brett, I'm intrigued with you. You have this niche of seven-figure businesses that you work with though. That yeah. is your sweet spot. Yeah. So I want to go in that direction. I want to hear more about I and I, I would love to. Can I can I redirect to Go the lawyer redirect. over here? So Go back everywhere. I want to just say one thing. Uh, Mark's very relatable. He he can I I think everybody listening can go, "Yeah, I get that. I'm a business owner, so I get what Mark's saying." But I'd like you to be even more relatable about how skeptical you were. You kind of breezed over that. Mm. So how skeptical you were about this whole values thing. Because you skipped right to it changed our business, but that's not where you started. And and I think some listening might be like, yeah, I've I've heard people talk about value. We we put values on our website, but let's talk about where you were at the beginning. All right. So the truth is that this man sitting here in studio with us, he bait and switched me. That's what happened. We we in were a good way. I hope. Well, I don't know. Let's find yeah, out. Okay. Let's find out. Um, let's this. <laughs> so. I, I was at something they were presenting. In effect, they said, hey, we have this this elite forum and, you know, here's what we do. And they talked about all the ways that they could impact small business. And so Alexis and I were there together and we're both shaking our head like this could be it. You know, we had been looking, what are we missing? What are mm-hmm. we missing? So the only thing I didn't really like 
about what they talked about. I loved the, you know, the, you know, all the vision parts. I love the way they built leadership. I mean, you know, it, it is to, to your point in all honesty, look, hard work is a requirement, but it's not the answer mm-hmm. in business. Yeah. You do have to work hard, right? That's true. But Brett taught me this and I don't know whether it's his statement or he got it elsewhere, but, uh, you have to slow down to speed up. And repeatedly in this growth journey in the last seven years, the answer was actually not running faster. Mm -hmm. It was stop because you're running really fast in the wrong direction. Right. And so we had to learn that. And we still keep learning that, by the way, I'm not standing here with I have all the answers. I continually learn and go, okay, we got to slow down here. So I went and I said, look, I want to sign up for this. Mm -hmm. You know, this sounds really interesting. I said, but I'm not doing it if I have to do the values thing. I I am not a touchy feely person. I'm not going to sit around talking about flowery values or any of this. And, and Brett said, oh, that's fine. Just show up and you'll do what you want to do. And this is your process. I'm like, okay, wow, that sounds good. So we showed up and about, I don't know, an hour in after you're first introduced to the process, a couple days together. And they say, all right, now here's what values are. And here's why they're so important. And, and <laughs> now everyone go do your values. So I did what I expect. I went on my email. I'm not doing values because values to me are fluffy, meaningless things that they're not actually practical, right? They're things that people say that pat themselves on the back. It's not real. I'm here for real things. What can I do to bring in the right people? Hiring is hard. What can I do to grow those people? You know, what do I do to, what about just the hard part of, of performance management? This person's not succeeding. Should I let them go? How do I let them go? Is there a way to coach them? These are the things I'm here for. I'm not here to do values. Okay. Cause I got work to do and I'm not doing this. So Brett came around and said, I'm not doing value. So he'd said someone else, I'm not doing values. Finally, we came to an agreement. And the agreement was, all right, I'm going to do them, but I'm not using them because it's ridiculous. By the end of the second day, I started realizing maybe what I thought values were and what they actually are are not the same. I thought they were fluffy language, touchy-feely. Maybe they're really important when done the right way which is when we went to the story I shared, which is one of my favorite days in business. Um, I mean, nothing's greater than standing in front of a, a jury fighting for my client. There are things I love, love, love doing on my widget end, right? And, and probably a lot of entrepreneurs can relate. There are certain things they love about the widget that they're a part of. I still have that as well. But you know what's funny is, in large part because of meeting elite, I love small business. Now, I talk to every small business owner. You catch me, if I meet the owner at a restaurant. I'm asking all, I love it. But so here's what I, here's what I learned done the right way. When we hire, we use our values. When we create, literally when we create our ads that are posted on indeed or wherever we're posting LinkedIn or wherever they are at at any given time, depending on what we're looking for, our values are considered and different depending on what we're looking for. But our values go from prospecting, meeting people, hiring, growing. When we have tough things in our business, the values don't answer every question. It is amazing how often the values will provide clarity for our team on tough issues that come up all the time. Mm -hmm. And they, and they go as far every point in the process values done the right way are not fluffy words. And they're not just something to say, this is who we are. They're much more than that. They are the guideposts. Mm -hmm. This is who we are. And, and I heard someone say recently at, of course, an elite event, but uh, I don't mean to keep repeating it. But anyway, values are the things you're willing to lose money over. That's right. That's exactly right. We repeatedly say no to things that could be more profitable because they're not us. And in fact, we've always done that. We just didn't know it and it wasn't clear. And now because it's clear, the team understands and we can rally together around the fact that, no, we're not doing that because that doesn't fit us. And so... I am such a believer in real values. I'm still not a believer. And this goes to culture as well. I mean, you talk to people all the time because of what you do on, mm-hmm. on, on your shows. A lot of people will talk about their culture, their culture, their culture. And 20 minutes in, they're complaining about everyone they work with. And culture and values have become these buzzwords people use, but they're not really using them in the way that can transform their lives and the lives of people that work with them mm-hmm. and the lives of vendors and customers done the right way. As small business people, we can have such, it can be so rewarding when you learn how to do it, not just, yeah, I have values because mm-hmm. then you don't. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you circling back to that. I just, I just remember the skepticism around values that, that I got from Mark 
although he, he already said it, they were living value. They had values. They just hadn't done the work to articulate them yeah. and then build them into everything that they did. And now they've done that and it's, you know, it's game changing for them. And what we teach isn't all about values, but it is that it is a, a core part of the foundation. So getting clear on the purpose, the core why of the business, then getting very clear on how we operate. What's our way of being here? And that's what we would call values. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's very behavioral. It's like, how do we see them? How do they, like, how do they show up? Mm-hmm. And how would we look for them in a candidate? You heard Mark talk about their hiring process that way. So anyway, that's the foundational piece. And then there's, there's a bunch of structure that goes on top of that to help this business scale. But it's not rocket science. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what type of small business. As long as you need to grow with a team of people, this, this is not for... This is not for those, um, I don't know, lifestyle businesses where it's like, mm-hmm. I have a website and I have a couple of virtual assistants and I want to spend very little time growing a team or like, I don't really need to scale my business. I just need to maximize profit on a low structure. It's not for that type of business. But if you're in a service oriented business where you are required to hire more people to grow your business, you've got to learn how to do these things that we're talking about. Yeah. If you want to have a great business, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you figured out that sweet spot of this. seven figures. That's where it's at. It's like okay. at what right in this one to three million range. This is the sticking point commonly. Mm-hmm. And it's because the business owner is still trying to hang on to everything, still trying to make it all happen herself or himself. Mm-hmm. And and so they got to learn how to go from doing to leading. And eventually they have to go from leading to leading leaders. Mm-hmm. Right. There's some adjustments there that have to be made. And Everything that Mark said about learning to work on the business versus in the business, that's all true. Mm-hmm. But but what does that really mean? What does it look like to build a business intentionally? And how do you how do you set it up? And what are some of the meeting rhythms around that? And so it's about this constant juggling act that every business has between the short term, right? The the results today, the fires today, the operations today, <laughs> yeah. and the long-term strategic progress stuff that usually gets ignored mm-hmm. because it's later. of the firefight today, mm-hmm. of now. I got to do this now. Mm-hmm. And so we just help, we, we just help them to, to get really clear about what it means to move the business forward, what it looks like to put the processes in place to do that, how to build a team really well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's not magic, but it, it's, and it's a lot of work. Mark mm-hmm. talked about how much work it is, but when you do the work, it, it works like every time it works. Yeah. It's kind of like a personal fitness person, right? Like they get these clients, they want to they have some fitness goals and mm-hmm. they're told, well, here's, here are the exercises. Here's what you do. And, and they get some help maybe a couple times a week with the trainer, but on their own, they, they got to keep doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. And if they do the work, they get the results. Mm-hmm. If they don't do the work, they don't they don't get that right. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's like that a lot with the work that we do, helping business owners try to free themselves from their own creation. And seeing that that work is as important, if not more important, than those day to day fires, right? Um, right, you said you, we kind of get caught up in here's the fire that's happening right now. This is what we have to do. Here are the th- things, right? Here's the widgets. I love that. The the things that we do, right? But if you're not building on your values and focusing on your why and your purpose, then those things that you're doing, right, can start to get derailed. You can start to maybe in your case, right, take cases that don't fit your values and you're going in other directions that aren't as focused on the why and the values. And you said, Goalpost, guidepost. That's what you said. I I love that because that lets your team, whatever decision they're making, they reflect back and go, does this really align with what we're doing? Or are we just saying yes, because we're going to make a lot of money off this, right? Does it really align? And so I love the other piece that you said, Mark, is these are the things that you're willing to lose money over because you say no to something that doesn't align. Well, guess what? Now you have the opportunity to build even bigger in a direction that is going to propel your business. So you say no, maybe to that one moment, but then it's helping you define those values and that purpose. And then look what has happened to you. You said, I wrote it down. Quant- quintupled? What? 
Go back to that. Say it again. We are five times. Yeah, we have quintupled <laughs> in 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 whatever it is, a, a quarter or a, wow. a third of the in the, the impact. And look, you can. I I just want to make sure you know I'm I'm open about this. What I'm about to say, I still screw up on all the time. Mm-hmm. I've just gotten better at it, which mm-hmm. is letting the urgent take place, take precedent over the important. Right. Mm-hmm. In other words. That email and the and the upset, whatever it is, a, a client or customer could be upset. You know, you could have something outside of the business that's causing a problem. Someone, you know, someone on your team could have an issue either with work or outside of work. And and there and 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 I've, there's this broad range of things, some of which should get our attention and some of which shouldn't. But the question is priority. And if you start your day, week, month, quarter, if you have the annual plan and they're reduced to a quarterly plan and, it, and it's reduced to a monthly plan and every monthly plan has a what by when. And so who's going to do this? When are they going to do it by? If there is clarity around that, it doesn't mean you won't answer the email of whatever happened that you didn't think was going to happen or the phone call that comes in. But it means you are more likely to keep pushing in the right direction. Like you can keep running faster and you will keep growing. You'll keep getting over time better and better people. But but you are it is heavier sledding than it needs to be. The results are far less than they need to be. And it's why it's very frustrating, I think, as a small business owner. It was so frustrating watching how hard we worked mm-hmm. and how much we cared. And why is this not moving the way we think it should? And, and it turns out that there's no magic wand to it. But but it's like, you know, brightening up the room. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you know, some of the things that, that we're learning, like, oh, mm-hmm. now I see, you know, where we went wrong and, and why, I'll use an example. Boy, I kept asking this leader to do it on their own, do it on their own. What's failing? Well, as it turns out, the answer was I was failing, but I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I was failing because I thought I was empowering that person. But then I was right there making sure they did it my way because my way was the right way and no one's better at it than me. And I know how to do this. And, and because of that, because I cared so much, I was saying one thing, but my actions said another, another mm-hmm. to the people on the team. And, and so it, it, it's just so there is a level of freedom that comes from going, okay, I, I see what other businesses have done and how this can work. And then, of course, we make it work for us, right? Because my values... Uh, are different than than yours or different than Brett's. And if we all ran different companies and, 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 you know, it has to be real and it has to be genuine. I've seen that, by the way, in some companies that, and I don't want to keep going to the values because values are just the starting point, right? Mm-hmm. So much more. Yeah. So we can go beyond values. People that try to copy other companies and they bring things over. This is how we hire because my old company hired that way and it worked for them. That doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out why that worked for them and then you can create a hiring policy that will work for you because it's not the same. Mm-hmm. You're going to have different people asking different questions. And what questions are you asking? And, and you know, people try to oversimplify. We'll just use a personality test. Well, there's behavioral tests and there's personality tests. And mm-hmm. which one should you use? And should you use them at the hiring process or after someone's on the team? And how do you use them? Because some companies weaponize them. So my point is having, in effect, a coach that 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 can help you see it. And there's a lot of different resources for this, but having, in our case, having that has just made growing a small business, mm-hmm. a much more enjoyable and, and successful venture, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you, you didn't know what you didn't know before then, right? It's maybe not necessarily that you were doing it wrong. You just weren't doing it in the right direction that was going to propel you because you didn't have that resource at the time. And again, that's why I love this community to be able to make those connections and say, here's the resource that you need. Oh, this is where you're stuck. You need to talk to Brett, right? You didn't even, you didn't know. Actually, I love that point because one of the things that we really get from being a part of this particular community is it's not just Brett and it's not just his team Mm -hmm. because you go to these conferences they put on and who are you in the room with? You're in the room with businesses I think everyone in the room starts as a seven figure business, many of, you know, and then they, they help you grow. Right. So, Mm -hmm. but you're in the room with all these other businesses and what are you doing? You're sharing ideas and what worked for you and what didn't. And Mm -hmm. it's so nice because as a business owner, 
we all have similar issues and it's hard to get in the room in a place where you can truly be transparent, right? Because you can't talk your about your numbers to your to your team, but you can, but some of the numbers. Yeah. Some of the numbers Different you numbers. may not want to share, right? Yeah. So your metrics, your KPIs, you're talking about those. But even if you're talking revenue, you're probably not going to have a conversation with your team about, you know, I have the the leader of this division's failing. Who thinks we should do? You know, you, there are certain things. Yeah. Hey, this person was amazing. We're only, we've only grown this far because of this one leader. And now that leader's underperforming. What do we do about that? I have a loyalty. I care. But the our whole mission is being held up because of this leader that used to be our key leader. And so there are things that happen by getting in the room with not just other small businesses, but people who are also aligned with the idea of we're going to do this together. We're going to get through the tough times together. It's just great having that, mm -hmm. not to make too much of an analogy about this, but it's one of the advantages people in sports have is they're on a team yep. together. There is a coaching staff that's been there before. And yet in small business, we don't have anything like that. Mm -hmm. We don't have a personal trainer. We don't have a coach. We're all just sitting there trying to figure it out and read books and everything else. Can you imagine if any other setting people tried to grow by reading books and watching YouTube? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not that those don't have value, but where is your where is your coach and where is your community or teammates to push you through? And so yeah. for, for all small business, and I'm sure you see it many times where people, their businesses are great, but they, they're trying to figure out what can light the way. Mm -hmm. We have these coaches, these teachers, these mentors when we're young and then all of a sudden, one day it stops. Like all of a sudden, one day I'm supposed to figure it all out. Like no more coaches, no more facilitators, no more teachers. Now you're supposed to know. And that's that's not the case, right? When it matters yeah. most. Well, and let <laughs> me bring it back to something we talked about early on, which is if only 3% of businesses are getting to this point, yeah. there's not a lot of places you can look for that help, mm -hmm. right? There, there are some, they're out there, but they're relatively few. Yeah, And so um, it, it becomes more and more challenging. Not only are we sort of conditioned out of like we've grown up, we don't we don't need these anymore. Right. And and it's worse with entrepreneurs because they they figured out so much. Right. They are like, I am the type of person who digs in, figures it out and does it myself. Mm -hmm. And they've built this thing on that ability. Mm -hmm. And then to have to turn to somebody else and get some help, it's a little counterintuitive for them. Yeah. Uh, if they knew where to look. Yeah, that's one problem. And then if they're like willing to say, I could use the help, mm -hmm. which is another challenge. But one thing I didn't share in my background is that, and this doesn't matter a time, which is why I didn't share it. But there's one line I want to share, a one-liner. So I studied organizational behavior. Okay, this is a master's degree in organizational behavior. I spent two years time, money doing all this. Here's the one takeaway from two years of grad school: <laughs> all organizations are perfectly designed to get the results they get. And that's very intuitive if you if you really listen to it. All organizations are perfectly designed to get the results they get. Well, we get what we get because we've created what we have. By the way, the guy's name is Arthur Jones, who, who said that many years ago. But I love that simplicity because if we don't like what we have today, if we're frustrated in any way with what we have today, it's all about the machine that we've built. Mm -hmm. And it's completely in our power to do something about that. But we may not know exactly what it is that we need to do. Mm -hmm. Mark talked about that. Uh, but, there, but there are proven paths. There's methods for how to go from where you are to the next place. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be stuck. But it doesn't, doesn't mean just pedal faster. I, I like using an analogy of a bicycle with lots of gears. Yeah. You know, you start out in a gear that's relatively comfortable, mm -hmm. right? Like to get started, you're in a gear that makes sense to get started. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to get going faster, if you want more output from that bicycle, we start pedaling harder. Like, look, I'm going further. And then we want even more output from that bicycle. And so we think, I got to pedal even harder, right? In our businesses, we just pedal harder instead mm -hmm. of shifting gears. But what happens when we shift gears is that now the same amount or even less effort yields equivalent or more output and that's the trouble that I see in this one to three million space. We have people who are just trying to will it forward by sheer force. They're just pedaling harder instead of doing the work to shift. And if they would just shift gears, it would, it would just flow a lot easier for them to keep mm -hmm. going. Yeah. And with that analogy, right, they might not know when to shift that gear. Or even know that there is a <laughs> right? thing there, to shift. That there's a gear, that there's values that aren't fluffy, right? 
And uh, Mark, when you were talking, you were talking about um, the values and how they were fluffy in the beginning and then that shift. And now that's your direction. But then the other piece that you were talking about was that community piece. And again, not knowing when to shift gears or that there's a gear to shift. All of a sudden, when you are around other business owners that are in your same space, they may share something that you've been thinking and trying to figure out, but maybe couldn't articulate at all. Then they share it. and You're like, oh yeah, that's me, right? I just went on a a retreat this past week and it was the same thing, right? All of these people in a, a retreat together, we all have different things going on and things that we're working through professionally and personally and all of that. And somebody else will say something. Maybe they're in the hot seat. I'm not in the hot seat. They're in the hot seat. But everything they're saying and going through, I'm sitting on the other side of the room going, oh, yep, right? So there's that beauty in the community of what you're building through this. And so, Fred, I want to hear a little bit more about there's, it seems like there's two parts of this, right? The community side of being able to put Mark with other business owners and hear from them. And then also this one-on-one side where you're directly working with him and his team on values, purpose, and all of that. Can you give us a little more insight into those kind of the tactical approach that you have. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mentioned Elite Ignition. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a, a product of ours, right? Or a program. But the whole point of that is to teach what we call our elite business growth method. So how do you actually scale a seven-figure business? Yeah. What are the nuts and bolts? What's the playbook? What are the proven methods? That's, we, we package that all up together as a program and call it the elite business growth method that we're teaching. And then... Once they're done with Elite Ignition, that's a one-time, one-and-done type of thing. If they want to be part of an ongoing community where they can have that peer support and accountability and get help from and be around other business owners who get me, because there's not that many who do get me, Yeah. Um, then we have Elite Momentum as a, like, let's continue the momentum here. Let's, let's, let's do that. And then for our, our larger businesses, as they scale we have a group called the Elite Circle and Mark and Alexis are part of our Elite Circle group. Okay. So you start off in Elite Ignition. That's not an ongoing membership. It's just learn how to do this scaling work. Okay. And then if you want to continue in our community, there's an Elite Momentum community membership. Uh, and then those who are having more success and having, frankly, larger larger business challenges now, there's like new stuff to figure out. Mm-hmm those are our elite circle members. And that's, that's a fun group. That's where I spend my time is with the elite circle members. Okay. And I have team members who coach with and help the elite momentum community. Nice. Yeah. Look, the elite ignition <laughs> is to me the no brainer. And here's why everyone who's a small business owner and they're, and they're bumping up against frustration mm-hmm. to if you truly believe that you have the ability to be more and you're, and you're trying to figure out the ways to do that, here is a one-time event where you show up and, and your worst case scenario is a bunch of good ideas. Your best case scenario is maybe you end up, uh, as we did, where, where you really walk out of there going, we've just seen what, what can change our lives and change this business and, and, yeah. and impact people differently. But either way, two days of getting this big picture that you normally don't give yourself as a small business owner Everyone should be availing themselves of that or something very similar. Step away from your business mm-hmm. and give yourself a couple of days to see the big picture. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I don't know, and, and Brett could answer the question better than me. I, to me, when I look back at the businesses I've seen that have grown, it, in the end, it's about implementation. You can learn everything you want to learn. You can, you can read everything you want to read. In the end, who implements the most wins? Mm-hmm. And, and it's very hard. And you got to implement the right things. But in the end, if you don't implement, it doesn't matter. I don't care how perfect your one step is if the other business next to you took 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if you took 12 in the wrong direction, you're still better than the person who took one, but you may not be where you want to go. And so I actually think it's very interesting because for us, we were like, Let, let's give this two-day thing a shot. And now here we are, whatever it is, seven years later, and everything's different. But even if that hadn't been the perfect fit for us, we would have walked out of there the way the other companies in the room did that day, which is, wow we can go back and, and really use some of this stuff in ways that we hadn't seen before. Yeah. So I, I have to jump in a little bit here because COVID invited us to change the way that we deliver <laughs> our 
our method. And so it's no, it's no longer a two-day intensive. And, and I know some people listening are like, I can't even get away for two hours, let alone two days. Mm -hmm. So I guess in some ways I have good news for those folks because when we could no longer meet in person because of COVID, we shifted to a different delivery model that Mark didn't experience, right? He experienced something a long time ago with us, but now it's, it's a, it's a simpler process. I don't, maybe there's some, some loss in not getting in the room and just really diving deep for two days, mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a two hour commitment once a week for four weeks over zoom as a group, there's group instruction and, and a little workshopping, but then there's individual touch points between those group calls mm -hmm. to make sure that you're getting the help that you need individually. So when Mark and Alexis came through, they came in a group for two days. We would teach something and then they would, we would workshop. And so they would be writing stuff. Uh, they would be doing their work up on the wall, uh, you know, post-it papers. Yeah. And we would go around individually, make sure they were making progress. And now we kind of do that, but it's just stretched out over time. Mm -hmm. it, it's a lot easier, actually. The, the time investment is less. The, actually, the financial investment is less. Don't tell Mark. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just a lot easier to get this help now than, than it used to be. And thanks to COVID, we had to innovate on that. Yeah. yeah. And I can definitely see the pluses of both, right? Mm -hmm. Making it easier, especially when... Mark, you were talking about working in your business and on your business, right? When you say, hey, you need to step away for two days, panic sets in, right? Of like two days. It just feels impossible to a lot of business owners. It does. Yeah. And and that's, there's so much value in that to, to be able to say, okay, we need to make this step happen. Not focus on the fire right here. I can step away. The world's not going to crumble. And it kind of goes back to what you, you were talking earlier about, like personal fitness, right? You have to take that time for yourself. If it's a two-day facilitated workshop with other business owners for your company, then do it. If it's a retreat like I just did, that was four days, four and a half days. That was a lot of days to be like, Ugh, okay, family's on their own. Business is going to do its thing. Like, but you, you have to take these. But you're glad you did it. Oh, absolutely. It's always worth the time. Right? And even if I just walked away with a couple of little, okay, cool, here's some things. It's beneficial, right? To your point. The next step, though, implementation. So I'm really glad that you said that, Mark, because you can take these cool tactical things, but then the implementation, you knew that you still needed to work with Brett and his team to continue. So that outside person, that outside team, that's helping you facilitate and coach and keep going. One, it's the implementation support. Two, it's the accountability support, right? I'm sure there's been moments where Brett's like, hey, have you worked on this? Are you doing this, right? Many, it, many. <laughs> right? <laughs> See, it's, it's a continuing support, right? I love that you have broken it down to make it a little bit easier for business owners. The, the few hours every week doesn't sound as daunting still giving them the tactical support and then still giving them those pieces so they they realize, okay, well, I've gotten this, but now I need more. And one of the things <laughs> we haven't even talked about is with momentum for us, mm -hmm. momentum allows us to bring our leaders. So it's not just, they're not just hearing yeah. it from us, right? The leaders mm -hmm. are with other leaders. So mm -hmm. the business owners will go, you know, a lot of it, we're together and at times we'll break off, but it's good for the leaders to hear what we're learning mm -hmm. and, and hear it from a voice other than ours and be able to challenge and question some of the things. And it's not just, it's not just, well, in our case, Mark and Alexis, but my owner says, but, oh, wow, this is great. And then you grow them. Yeah. And then they can help grow the next set of leaders in your organization, because let's face it for any, to let go, it is very hard to let go because you're saying to yourself, will this person do it the way I do it? Will they do it as well as I can do it? Well, Maybe not on day one. In fact, the answer is no on day one. There's going to be a step back or two steps back. But if you have, if you've created clarity and you've created a path to coaching and you've introduced them to the same concepts by bringing them to this event, and then they can see the success that you've had and others have had and other businesses doing it. So it's a cool piece to it that, you know, I know we didn't get into, but it, yeah. yes, it's about the business owner and the leaders, but the leaders are not just the owners. There's other leaders in every business as it's mm -hmm. growing. And they have the chance to learn some of those things too. So beautiful. Okay. 
this happened so fast. We are <laughs> approaching an hour. So at this point, I want to give you each a moment if there's anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted to touch on, um, updates on the growth of the both your businesses, anything that you want to make sure, oh, I really want to share this thing <laughs> of what we're doing and how we're, we're progressing. I want to give you guys a moment for that before we wrap up. So Brett, I'll start with you. What are your last final thoughts, takeaways, moments, anything? Well, anybody listening wouldn't see the the shirt that I have on today. It's kind of my elite entrepreneur's uniform. It's a t-shirt, but on the front, it says the best leaders build the best businesses. And on the back, it says the best and the best businesses win. And, and at, at its core, what we're talking about is learning to take that transition, going back to where we started, but transition from superhuman doer, right? Founder, gritty, mm-hmm. scrappy entrepreneur mm-hmm. to now capable business building, capable leading CEO, right? Like there's, there's a, a, a transition that has to happen. And what I want to say, there's a lot of people who say, well, I, I just, I'm not good at that stuff. I'm good at my widget, right? I, but they weren't good at selling at some point. Most of them, they weren't good at marketing. They figured those things out. They weren't necessarily good at systematizing their business and making sure that we could consistently deliver on the promises we made to prospects or customers. Mm -hmm. But they figured those things out. And this is like any of those other entrepreneurial disciplines, I'll call them. It's just the next thing you have to figure out if you want to grow. Yeah. And it's it's a it is about leadership. It is about, I'll I'll use a technical term, organization development. Mm -hmm. And most Small business owners don't think that those things matter very much. They're thinking about how do I get the next customer? How do I get more revenue? And and I'm glad they're thinking that way. They should they should think that way. How do we create more value? How do we have more impact? But it turns out that their leadership capability is what's capping their business's growth. And if they will invest in themselves and the and the other leaders on their team, as those leadership capabilities grow, their business can grow further. Mm-hmm. So I just want to leave people with that thought. Perfect. Well, I have a couple of takeaways or, or thoughts. One, for anyone out there who's dating, don't ever tell the person they will never be your boyfriend or girlfriend. <laughs> if it doesn't work out that way, you will not hear the end of it. So, uh, And number two, I would say that one of my biggest takeaways is for everyone out there that is a small business owner and they've worked really hard and they've had a lot of success and they can look in the mirror, what got you here will not get you there. And so your successes are working against you. You've seen your ability to grow and lead. And so you think what has gotten me to this point is going to get me to that next stage, but it won't. What got you here is hard work, intelligence, caring, maybe being great at whatever it is you do. That next step, that's going to take some personal growth that you're going to have to learn from somewhere. Mm -hmm. So don't assume that you're going to get to that next step. Whether it's through Elite, which has been the key to us, or some other source, you're going to have to learn what takes you to that next level, or you will be stuck in a very similar place four years from now, banging your head against the wall. (laughs) Don't let your successes work against you. You're going to have to go from fiery, competitive, solopreneur that grows to 15, 20 people to the person that truly becomes a leader and builds other leaders. Perfect. And the last thing before we wrap up is as people are listening, ooh, and side note, we're videoing. So we'll, and we'll take pictures after so everyone can see your shirt. Yeah, everybody needs to see it. (laughs) Um, The last thing is folks that are listening and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm like Mark too. Like I need Brett, I need his team or vice versa. And they're like, I need the husband and wife law team. I've seen them on a billboard. Aside from the billboard, (laughs) right? How can people reach both of you in order to follow up? So, Mark, I'll start with you. If you can't find the husband and wife, <laughs> I know, it was a and silly you live question, in Arizona, no, no, I mean, I'm joking and I'm not joking. <laughs> Listen, question. I mean, between and you know, look us up on TikTok. Now, I mean, you know, we're we're everywhere, and and it's a sad state of affairs when personal injury lawyers are everywhere. But that's that's our reality. But if here's the only thing I'll say about that: if someone has questions, they may not even have a case. Mm -hmm. If they're just like, I wish I could talk to a lawyer. Mm -hmm. One of the things we do differently is we have lawyers who are trial lawyers who are available to answer questions when people have them, not just necessarily for cases. So if you have a question or you know someone 
I'm like, this, this looks like a really serious thing, but I don't know if I need a lawyer. Just reach out to us and you'll be surprised how often we're willing. To, again, it goes to values, but uh, we prov- one of our values is we provide an exceptional experience to our clients and potential new clients. When people call, we want them to get off the phone and go, wow, someone who knew the answer really helped me through that, even if I don't need to hire them. So mm-hmm. if anyone has questions, they're always free to reach out. It's not hard to find us for better or worse. <laughs> I mean, Barbie found you right. on your social media. It, so. Once Barbie has responded <laughs> to our social media post, we've made it. Barbie can find you. Anyone can find you. Right. Brett, how about you? How can they reach you? Sadly, we are not on the billboards and don't have the notoriety that the Briars have. That's okay. Barbie so I'm going to ride his tail, tailcoats here for a little bit. <laughs> coattails. I don't even know how to say the word. Um, anyway, growwithelite.com. Okay. Elite Entrepreneurs is not the best URL. So we just went with growwithelite.com. You can find me on LinkedIn for sure. Brett Gilliland. Um, I, actually, my handle is built, the number two. Last Champ, because I'm a big Jim Collins fan. Oh, Built to like Last that. Champ. Yep. I like that. Yeah, that's an old Twitter handle that carried over into my LinkedIn oh, many fun. years ago. Yeah. Nice. Gentlemen, thank you so, so much. I love when I get to pop in the studio and guest host for the house show for Phoenix Business Radio X. And at the same time, it's very interesting how all of those pieces that I talk about on a daily day, day-to-day business um, conversation about culture and values and purpose. How crazy it comes out in all of these conversations because we're here to talk about business. We're here to talk about community. And that's where all of it comes from, right? When you're working on your, your purpose, your values, and you're making those deep connections with everyone else in the community too. So Thank you for coming in and letting me have the opportunity to chat with both of you today. For everyone else listening, some media leans left, some media leans right, and we lean business. 